This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Total Saints podcast. We are the weekly Saints podcast, your home for all things Southampton Football Club. This podcast is being live streamed on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch and on YouTube. Our podcast is entirely supported by our loyal Patreon community. Without you, we can make this show each week. And a huge welcome to Jonathan H, who's joined our Bobby Stokes tier since the last episode. So thanks to Jonathan. We really appreciate your support. If you fancy joining the gang, I've got all the details on the way very soon. Coming up this week on the podcast, we've got two games to review. The visit of Birmingham City to St Mary's at the weekend and that mid- Midweek trip to Preston North End. I have to be honest, there is a real danger that this could be an overly positive podcast. So just a heads up if you're a regular. Uh, plus, Saints are on their travels this weekend with the trip up the M3 to Millwall. Going to preview that game with the help of Mickey from That Millwall Podcast. My name's Martin Stark, and I'm joined by our regular contributors. Glenda LaCour is the writer of the blog, League One Minus Ten. Steve Grant is the owner of Saints Web, and Alfie House is senior reporter for Southampton at the Southern Daily Echo. All underpinned by our TSP patrons, this is episode 249 of the Total Saints podcast. Your home for everything Southampton FC. From dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews. Live on YouTube every Sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Total Saints Podcast. Now before the football, just a regular shout out for our Patreon community because the monthly contributions do support the show and we couldn't make this podcast without their support. There are four tiers ranging from £5 to £20 per month and aside from supporting the podcast, each of those tiers has different perks like access to an ad-free version of the podcast, there's exclusive TSP t-shirts and merch bundles, the TSP FPL, plus you get access to some of the TSP events that we're planning and much more. Now if you'd like to get involved in supporting TSP each month head over to patreon.com forward slash total saints podcast for more details all the links are in the podcast show notes and the youtube description so all the cameras and the attention may have been on new birmingham manager wayne rooney but it was saints who stole the show with a decent win 3-1 the final score steve pretty comfortable in the end and nice to get three goals at home 
Yeah. Um, and finally, we've won a game by more than a single goal, um, which is another one of those sort of sort of minor sort of irritating things that we've uh, managed to get off our backs this week. Yeah, it was comfortable. Birmingham didn't offer a great deal until they made made a substitution that at the time looked really puzzling because um, the lad they took off was by far their best player. And then obviously they bring Jay Stansfield on and um, Carl Walker-Peters dozes off for a second and all of a sudden it's game on. But once we kind of got our heads around it, we had a we had a proper proper wobble for 10 minutes after that. But once we kind of got our composure back and substitutions that we made help help that, I think, kind of settled the game down a little bit more. Once once we got our got our heads back in the game, there was no real no real contest and put the icing on the cake with that third goal. Could have had a couple more really if um finishing or uh, sort of decisions um in the final third had been slightly better. But um yeah, good good win. Made sure that uh we were sort of the positive side of the the media storm with regards to the Birmingham's new manager and uh, yeah we're looking looking pretty well set now I think yeah there's plenty to get into um Glenn obviously the subs coming on had a real impact and, and helped us get control back of the game because we did have that wobble seems to be the buzzword but just after the break things not going so well you thought well maybe we're going to collapse again here but that wasn't the case and we were able to to see the game out um yeah they they did make a difference and that's you know it's a it's a it's a thing that Russell Martin is beginning to uh, to get right, uh, making the substitutions at the right time. But it is easier we have a we have a stronger bench than most other Championship clubs, so you can make a few light for light replacements, and and it it does the business. Mind you, when Aribo came on first, I was a bit nonplussed, I have to say. <laughs> but uh, after he, he spent ten, yeah, after he spent ten minutes trying to get to the pace of the game and actually touch the ball, he actually did okay once um, once he got once he got into it. So uh, yeah, I think that there's, the substitution certainly helped us, and uh, you know Ryan Fraser and Sam Adozi combining to um, set up Adam Armstrong's goal, um, you know, finish things off. But it's another game where I, if you just look at the first half, it was another game we should have won four 0 I thought Birmingham were pathetic, to be honest. And um, do we get money from Talksport if we say Wayne Rooney's Birmingham? If we say it a lot, do we do we get an extra pound every time they um, every time that's mentioned? You know, I, I didn't think for for a guy who's come in and he you know he he sold himself on um, we're going to play some football. Their their centre half and goalkeeper didn't want to do that at all. They just wanted to smash the ball up the park, illustrated by the goal they got. So yeah, the the third goal sort of finished it off and made it a more of a reflection. And I know you know like the Preston guy, they're moaning about the penalty they didn't get. I think with more justification this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, just a little bit. Can't but, believe that uh, wasn't given. No, me neither. No, me neither. Even at even at first view, I thought mm, that's um, that's not good. And I was up the other end. But yeah, we, I mean, we we finished the game off nicely. And, and if anything, on the over the course of the game, I'd say three one flattered Birmingham a little bit, to be honest. And uh, we probably should have won by more. Alfie, that little um, few moments after the the second half and after the restart is something they're going to have to to work on. You'd think they need to address that, but almost faultless for pretty much three quarters of the game. Yeah, and to be fair, I think sort of Glenn and Steve did mention it, but they have had that wobble now, what is it, three or four games in a row, but each time they've recovered and they've, they've, they've got points out of it. Yes, it was two very, very late goals against Hull and Preston, um, but I think there is actually a bit of a mentality of, of keeping going, and I think they're bang on as well. The subs are positive changes all the time. You can bring a lot of strength on. Um, to be fair to Wayne Rooney, although he was moaning about the penalty, he actually did take it quite gracefully. He did say that he'd much rather have that happen every week than not have VAR in the championship. He's, uh, he's not interested in having VAR, so fair play to him. And I did ask him about um, Russell Martin a little bit as well, because 
both of their ownerships at Swansea and DC United were the same. And, um, you know, he's a lot of credit to Russell. They know each other before the game. So uh, Wayne actually was quite graceful in the feet, I felt. Um, so a little bit of stick unjust, perhaps, for England. Um, but so no, many players that I wanted to... <laughs> so many players I wanted to mention because, you know, James Bree has come back in the team this week. And I don't know if any of us saw that happen. And to be fair, you guys did mention it last week and I was certain it wouldn't happen. Um, but fair play to him. He's come in. I thought he was decent against Preston. I thought he was really good again against Birmingham. Yeah, um, so agreed. it would be tough for Ryan Manning to come back in now, I'd imagine. I think Bree will start at Millwall. Mm. Yeah, that's one of the questions for later. Who starts? Um, mm. Because he's had a he had a great week. To be fair, um, the whole back four, Steve, have been doing all right. You know, defensively, we're looking a lot more settled. Obviously, Harbour Bellis had a good game yesterday, and Bednarek was announced as man of the match. And obviously, Russell Martin was uh, was waxing lyrical about him afterwards too. So, so things are, are starting to look solid at, at last. Yeah, finally, and it comes back to comes back to that structure, doesn't it? it You've got a, a well. I was going to say settle back four, but all of a sudden we've we've made one made one fairly major change to it. But you have got a relatively settled back back five, really, with obviously with the keeper, and now we've got what seems to be a structure in midfield um, supporting it and uh, giving it a lot more protection. And that's obviously come at the cost of um, Shay Charles's place, which I think I mean six weeks ago I. I mean, if you if you'd said that Charles is the one that's going to make way and everything's going to fall into place, I'd have laughed at you, quite frankly, because the performances of even Downs and Smallbone, both of those were were poor in in those games where uh, in that run of four where we were losing, and Charles was the one that kind. I mean, even though he made a made a couple of individual mistakes, he was the guy that looked like he had the the kind of know how for the for the system. And actually, it's turned out that the other guys do know. They've just got to just got to be played in in the right right positions. And I think we've we've possibly stumbled upon it, maybe a little bit, um, but a little bit of trial and error. And and we've and we've yeah, possibly finally found found the system that works for us. And defensively, yeah. I mean, as you say, Bednarek getting announced as uh, uh, as the man of the match, despite having, I mean, he had no sort of obvious sort of individual specific input on the game. There was no sort of one particular tackle that he won, no sort of goal saving block, didn't score, didn't assist. Who picks that? Do we know? Um I assume it's I assume it's the match sponsor. It was odd because when the the club did the the, the poll after the game for who mm. was your man of the match, he wasn't one of the options. <laughs> yeah, <that's what> <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it might just be that everybody played out of their skin, but I, I just mm. found it a little bit strange. But it was, it, yeah. I mean, I, I think it was it was a fair choice. I think the key with Bednarek is that um, it was very noticeable, especially first half, where where I'm in the northern stands when we're kicking towards the chapel, you see the the defensive structure quite. Um, quite well from from that position and it was very noticeable that every single um, little passing triangle was with a view to getting Bednarek on the ball um, he was the guy that was um, progressing the ball and passing it through the lines they would they then occasionally try and switch it to Walker Peters but um, Birmingham were cutting that passing lane off quite well so the ball didn't go out there as much even though Walker Peters was often in loads of space the ball just didn't go out there because they because the passing angle was blocked, unless you want them to go over the top, which I think we're we've probably cut those out as with an, with an idea of they're slightly too risky, um, which is fair enough. But the passes into midfield were all coming from Bednarek, and that was the key to getting three or four Birmingham players behind the ball and giving us a little bit of space to operate in. And that first half, when I mean, we we carved them open time after time, and as Glenn says, Glenn said earlier, we probably should have won by more, really, but. 
yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to hard to kind of argue with with how we're how we're setting up now. And just a word for for Flynn Downs, Alfie, because he was described as was it monstrous? I think the mm. words used. He gets called monstrous He's... every week now. In fairness, <laughs> yeah. that, I mean, that's a nickname which could stick, and long may it continue, because it, it's a very different player to the one that we signed. Yeah, look, I think we said, we all said it, didn't we? I think he actually was very ill before joining, and clearly wasn't ready to play. And I think maybe we discounted that a little bit, and we didn't quite realise. But he is. Well, well into full fitness now. He's everywhere. Um, so controlled on the ball, so controlled, or so aggressive out of it, uh, off the ball. And um, I think he's he's up there with the signing of the summer. I don't know who else I would put up there with him, but I mean, if there's any option to keep him, I know we're sort of very early days, but if there's any option to keep him beyond this summer, I would be activating that as soon as possible. I'm not sure there is, unfortunately. Um, I think you know, obviously Taylor Harbour Bellis as well. Um, I think those two signings are potentially. Um, players they wouldn't have been able to get without the personnel that have come in. You know, I don't know if we'd have been able to get Taylor Howard Bellis if Jason Wilcox wasn't there. And I think it's pretty unlikely that Flynn Downs would have come here, um, although he did need games if Russell Martin wasn't the manager. So, yeah, a bit of stroke of fortune with those two. But Flynn Downs is absolutely brilliant. I think, as you pointed out uh, yesterday, Glenn, we're in pretty good shape, but a decent striker does transform that team. We'll get on to, to Wednesday night in a minute, but mm. that was kind of case in point as well, wasn't it? The ball was into the box and just nobody there sometimes. I thought so. I mean, if you look at if you look at both the Birmingham and the Preston games, in both games we've had seventy five to eighty percent possession. But if you look at the shots on target, we had the same number as Preston, and we also had the same number as Birmingham, despite being you know the the, the dominant team. So it still says to me that we're not really creating enough at the sharp end of the pitch, you know, in terms of getting shots on goal. And uh, Adam Armstrong is confusing me this season because he had a goal and an assist yesterday. And you can't knock that, you know, that at the end of the day is what the game is about. But I thought a lot of his sort of play in open play was quite poor in that he would get knocked off the ball. He would, you know, try a pass that wouldn't work and stuff like that. And a lot of our attacks broke down on him. And I just can't help but think that overall as a team, we, you know, if Ross Stewart turns out to be what we want him to be, then it will take the the whole team to a different level. Uh, And... You know, and then we are four 0 up against Rotherham at half time. You know, we have put Birmingham out of sight, and their their goal doesn't matter. That's kind of the way. I I, I think we're in very good shape at the moment, but I I, I still feel at the moment that this um, we we do have a bit of a a bit of a gap up front. I'm not not saying for a second Adam Armstrong shouldn't play, but I think that you know there the, there there is more to come. You know, from the team in that area. Do you think Steve Ross Stewart comes in for for Alcaraz? Is that kind of how that works, or you know, how do you get them both in the team, or is it one or the other? Because uh, if if Ross Stewart is the player that we think we've signed, then it will be a nice problem. Uh, oh yeah, certainly, certainly a nice problem to have. I, I yeah, I don't know. I think I kind of see him as our as our main focal point. So I think, I mean, unless you're going to play Adam Armstrong out wide which I'd kind of rather not. I mean, we, we seem to have decided that he can play in midfield on the strength of one decent performance away at Plymouth. But I I kind of think that it's he's probably going to replace Adam Armstrong. I, I, I just can't see who else he replaces. I mean, Charlie Alcaraz is our most technically gifted player for me. If he's fit and he's in, and he's in form, you start him. Okay, he, he might not. He probably isn't in the last ninety minutes every every week because his his kind of style is so sort of all action. And maybe maybe that's that's kind of one thing that Russell Martin could be coaching him is how to kind of conserve your energy a little bit because you don't need to be herring after everything um, from the first whistle. You've got to you got to kind of pace yourself. And that was 
that was one thing that that I think James Ward Prowse always did brilliantly was that while yes he 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 had the stamina to go the full ninety plus minutes, but it was because he knew when to when to go into sort of that overdrive pressing mode and when to when to sit back. So if we can kind of teach that to um, to Alcaraz in a slightly different way because he's obviously not not the same sort of player. We want him to be much more attack focused and being the guy that links links the midfield to the attack and getting in the box and, and scoring goals like he did yesterday. I mean, him getting beyond beyond the centre forward and being the guy on the on the line to tap it in is is exactly where what the player in that position should be doing. So that's that's a great sign um, from yesterday. But I would like to see Alcaraz starting every game when fit. So I yeah. So I as I say, I think as and when Stuart is up to speed, I think he's coming in as a centre forward and it's it's Adam Armstrong that that might might lose out, which which sounds ridiculous when he's uh one goal off the top scorers yeah. in the league. <laughs> yeah. He's also played every started every game for Russell Martin. He's played only less minutes than Carl Walker Peters. Um mm. he's operated in like three or four different positions. So I would personally be very surprised if Adam Armstrong comes out of that team at all this season. Um, oh yeah I don't I, I don't I don't think it'll necessarily necessarily happen. It's just mm. From a positional perspective, I think it's I think it's what makes the most sense. I would see if, if, if Stewart and Adam is as good as we think. I would see it as Camelie and Adam Armstrong either side of Ross Stewart, and then Alcaraz potentially having to adapt his role or get a little bit um, better in a different role. Um, yeah, possibly, but he yeah, could, he could play where Stuart Armstrong plays when Stuart yeah. Armstrong can't. It's play also going to be a problem for whatever. a long time away because even if Ross is available for West Brom in yeah. two weeks, let's say he ain't going to be starting games for four or five weeks. I, I wouldn't, or maybe three weeks. I wouldn't imagine. It does seem more positive this week, though, Alfie. I mean, he started to feature on the social media channels, and obviously yeah. he was there yesterday with Jack Stevens. So he, he's there now. We're seeing him as as a presence. So, and and I know that he was talking about him this week to say that he he's almost close. Yeah, Russell said in in very simple terms that he'll either play this weekend or next, and I imagine it will be next if I had to guess. Um, but yeah, he'll he'll be there within the next two weeks, but. As I just said, I'd be very surprised if he starts because I think we've seen with Camaldine how slowly um, Russell likes to sort of reintegrate the players and give them the chance to build their fitness up. And Camaldine was only out for three months, whereas Ross has been out for 10 months. So, yeah, I think it'll be a slow introduction for him. It's, it's odd that we've scored, is it five goals this week and we're still desperate for like a number <laughs> nine to come in and, and start? It's a nice problem to have. I did feel really? sorry for the ex-Birmingham manager this week because obviously he uh, got sat, replaced by Wayne Rooney. Not only is all his hard work unravelling, I saw his name linked with Reading this week if they were to sack Sellers. So you've got to feel a bit for, for John I mean, Reading haven't, um, haven't got the money to sack Sellers, let alone bring in <laughs> someone of John Eustace's calibre. Also, Bristol City are just sat there, Nigel Pearson. Well, so. there's, this is it. There's, there's a lot of championship yeah. jobs up, up for grabs all of a sudden. You've got the QPR. Man- Managerial merry-go-round, Millwall as well, of course. Yeah, um, I mean Watford are only are only a game away from sacking a manager at any given moment as well. So yeah, I mean John Eustace will get a championship job before Christmas, I think. Well, we'll get on to uh, Millwall and their vacancy uh, very soon, and we'll preview that game. There was another game this week, Preston. If you can't win, then don't lose, and that was certainly the case at Preston on Wednesday night. I mean, they left it late, later than previous weeks, to uh, to grab a point, Glenn. I cast your mind back to this one. It was pretty textbook in the first half, but the second half, just a crazy 10 minutes, which I think you liken to the, the Sunderland game. It was bad. Yes. Yeah, it was. I mean, uh, I mean, Russell Martin changed the team. You know, he threw us a bit of a curveball last time. There was a three-game week by saying that he was going to rotate the squad and then basically not doing it. But I think with the um, Wednesday night, Saturday morning, turnaround and carrying a few injuries into the game so I think he, he you know it was always going to be the case this time and so so consequently when I saw the team 
I was like, hang on, I thought we were out of the Carabao Cup. What what's going <laughs> what's going on here? It looked a little bit it looked a little bit like that. You know, you see James Bree starting. I know, you know, obviously we've already said he had a great game yeah. yesterday, yeah. but you see James Bree starting at left back and you yeah. Mason Holgate playing and uh, and um, the midfield was was it Charles Smallbone and Downs and you're just thinking, well, there ain't much creativity in there. What's what's going on? Two of the regular strikers were were left out as well. So it was a bit of a strange one and it, it looked like the team was set up just to, to keep it keep it tight. And, you know, predictably we weren't that creative in the first half. Goal aside, which was a tremendous goal by um by Carl Walker Peters. And we had the incident just before half time, which you know, it's a great save from Bazunu and everybody was screaming for a penalty, which I can't even bother to talk about it really. It's just so ridiculous to think that's a penalty. You know, it hits a guy who's not looking yeah. From a deflection six inches behind him, I mean, as he's falling to the ground, trying yeah, to break give, his fall, it's like give yourself a break, lads. It's just, it's just ridiculous. But the the, the start of the second half, they sent on the big lad up front. I think his name was Osmaich, something like that, and he was just, um, he was just a handful, big, sort of rough, sort of centre forward. He just went barreling about. He seemed to unsettle us completely. Holgate tried to pick a fight with him. Um, that was after Holgate had messed up the easiest kickoff routine that we've ever had <laughs> by um, stopping the ball and then standing in the way as uh, Bazunu tried to clear it. So that and, was and not rushing back to get on the line to cover. Either. No, no, Just, did they go no, in? that was that oh, was no, weird. What have I done? It's like that was <laughs> that was weird. Um, but anyway, the Bednarek gave away a bit of a needless free kick, kicking the uh, substitute who then scored. 1-1 and then Bednarek unfortunately gave the ball away again sold um, I think it was a dozy short with a pass and we were just just shambolic and I think though he got very close to the goal before he hit it I think Gavin Bazuna will be a little bit disappointed that that kind of went straight through him but we got you know similar to the Birmingham game after the after the wobble which this time let in two goals instead of just the one we um, you know we got back on it through the subs on again and again Stuart Armstrong made a huge difference because suddenly we had a bit of bit of control we could pass the ball between the lines there was another player to receive and I uh, got got the corner at the end and uh, it's a real shame it's um, not Bazunu's goal it was that nice man Chad Evans who stuck it in for us but uh, yeah it was a great great finish and uh, nice to get a point out of what was a very difficult game where we had to rest a load of players. And did they announce it, Alfie? Am I right in saying they announced it as Bazunu in the stadium? Yeah, they did, unfortunately. Because I, I thought it was an own goal like everyone else, but they, they gave it to Bazunu, so I was uh, absolutely delighted for him. I spoke to him on Friday, and he's never even scored a goal before in his career, apparently. Not just at professional level, but even at, when he was 14 or 15, never actually went up and scored. He said he uh, hit a header onto a crossbar once, and he's been reliving it ever since. So <laughs> a little bit gutted for him. But at the same time, it doesn't matter, does it? Let's be honest, it's not that deep. Yeah, like you say, two away games in a row, for credit to the fans, because like you say, they do a lot of travelling. Yeah. Um, and to get those moments in the game, I know it's only one point on Wednesday, it makes it all worth it, to be fair. So, um, yeah, delighted with that. Steve, I think he said this week that the squad should be good enough for players to step in when the schedule is busy or there's a couple of injuries. Did that kind of prove um, that some of them really aren't? There was a, a few that didn't come away with much glory after that. Yeah, it was... It was bitty, wasn't it? Um, second half, especially. Problem is, you've you've you're kind of juggling with a load of different sort of considerations here. I mean, firstly, we're, we've we've got we've still got this issue where the first fifteen minutes of second halves we are terrible, mm-hmm. and when you're playing with what is essentially a second string eleven, as we as we named on Wednesday night, because we made what five changes, I think, and you've got a load you've brought a load of players in to start who aren't used to starting games. And 
So their stamina isn't necessarily where it, where it should be. And quite frankly, their performances have justified them being out of, out of the picture to a certain extent. So yeah, you're bringing, you're bringing in inferior players. And if you're going, if you're then going into this 15 minute um, spell of madness that we, that we seem to do every single game with weaker players. Yeah. The results are likely to be worse. And uh, yeah, we, we obviously ship both goals in that period. Yeah. Just, just irritating that. But but yeah, as as you say, a lot of the players that came in didn't really do a great deal. I mean, Smallbone was lucky, obviously, as one of the regulars. Um, he was lucky not to get sent off in the first half, I thought. Um, number of, a couple of times out of that season, isn't it? I thought, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's sailed very close to the line on a, on a few occasions. But that one seemed to be sort of a lot more cutting it fine than than any of the previous ones. And I don't know whether Shay Charles has just lost lost a bit of confidence. Doesn't seem to have the same that sort of authority that he looked when he when he played his first couple of games for mm. us in that playing a very different role, role as well, wasn't he on Wednesday? Yes. Yeah. And yeah, all of a sudden it's he's not looking quite so sort of calm under pressure. Doesn't quite have the same bearings of what's around him, sort of receiving the ball on the half turn as he would as he would have done earlier in the season. So that's that's a slight concern. But I mean, defensively, really, other than other than the the two goals and the save in the first half, I don't think they've don't think they've created an awful lot. Despite the fact that we've obviously chopped and changed quite a lot, the problem was at the other end. Really, we didn't we just didn't create enough, and that was on decision making. I mean, Walker Peters has obviously gone gone on his own for the goal because he's not had. Shea Adams hasn't hasn't really made a run for him. In the end, Adams has made, has got in there quite late, and it makes it look like he's put the keeper under pressure for the for the shot across him. But he was he was so far behind it, and I mean, I I kind of almost thought that him going off at half time with a knock might have might have helped us and sort of hmm. prodded prodded us into having a little bit more movement up front. But then um, Sekumara came um, came on and. Unfortunately, did a good passing impression of a um, of one of those, you know, the the sort of silhouette people that you put you line line the wall up to practice free kicks. I was going to ask you about unfortunately. him next, Glenn. Um, I mean, it's a what? shame because I I, <laughs> I I like I like the idea of Sekumari. He's he's got all the attributes, and and you've seen in in little fleeting moments where he's come off the bench. And last season there were. I think two or three games where he mm. came off the bench and made a genuine impact and we got results out of games. And I mean, think how fr- infrequently that was that we actually got results out of games. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he came off the bench and made those happen. But this season, it just it's just not happening. Do we stick with him, Glenn? See if he comes good? Or is that someone you, you want to maybe get out on loan? It's just, it's not, it doesn't seem to be happening at the moment. He's brilliant in training, apparently. I've been sort of the club on Friday. Great with the under-21s. No, 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 no. Apparently he's brilliant in training. Like, finishes. Uh, <laughs> he, he should be, when Ross Stewart gets fit, Mara will go down the pecking order. I'd put him in the under-23s, to be honest. And it, I, I, we don't, People seem reluctant to do that these days. If you've got a, you know, a professional on a, you know, a relatively big contract, they seem, you know, unwilling to put him in the under twenty threes. But I think that would be ideal for him. Go in there, go and score some goals for the under twenty threes, and and then we'll see where we are. He just he just doesn't contribute enough when he um, when he comes on. I mean, part of the we had a couple of incidents at Preston where Camaldine got to the line, fired the ball across, no one there, absolutely no one in the middle, and that. That was both halves, to be fair. Che Adams was the same. He had no movement at all. 
and and Sekumara just in his defence he does get messed around a little bit. It's like play right wing, play number eight, play centre forward, but it's um, nothing seems to work with him. Yeah, he, he he's someone like you say will go down the pecking order when Ross Stewart comes along, and he will be whilst Adams is still there, he will be fourth choice to play. And I imagine in the wide areas they'll they'll even have someone like Joe Arebo will be ahead of him in the pecking order. Uh, bef- before you get to the likes of Adozi, Ryan Fraser, so yeah. he'll have I a think to make, he? he had a bit of an opportunity this this season or at the start of this season to sort of stake a claim, and he he just he just hasn't done it. And when you when you come in, you get given half a game. You have to make it count. I mean, we're talking about James Bree. That's what he's done. Hmm. You know, he's he's come in and you know played an unfamiliar position. Yeah. Um, I think that's really good management as well to not. Oh, sorry, I'm going back to the other game to, to not, not to take bring him out. to not bring Ryan Manning back because Ryan Manning is seen by many as being Russell Martin's boy. You know, he's had him at the previous club, and for James Bree to come in, have a decent game, and stay in the team, it's a good message to send to everybody else to say, well, if you think you're playing every week, regardless, you might not be, and it's a, it's a good message to the squad players like Sekumara. You know, you you get in the team, you do well, you've got a chance of staying in, hmm. and that's what the the James Bree Ryan Manning situation is um, has kind of has kind of said to me this week. So, um, but yeah, back back to Mara. I I don't think he's I don't think he's really there's there's something not right there. There's there's something not right there. There's obviously a player in there. He he plays for the French on the twenty one side, but at the moment he's kind of you know season and a half. And what what have we had? maybe sort of three decent halves out of him. It's it's Musa Gineppo levels, isn't it? And you just sort of think, is it ever going to happen? Yeah, do we He's play played 21s bit? once, Glenn. Do you remember how he got on? Did he score no. a hat-trick or something? He scored four. <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah. Um, go. We'll get on to the Millwall game very, very soon. I just want to go through um, player of the week. So many standout players. I think it's going to be almost impossible to to narrow it down. Steve, one name from you, standout player of the week, please. Um, I'll go with the Stadium PA, uh, Jan Bednar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Glenn. Um, James Bree. Yeah, I thought that as well. Simply Alfie? because what I was expecting compared to what we got. Yeah, yeah, fair play, Alfie. Uh, yeah, I'll obviously go for Flynn Downs then. Yeah, nice. Okay, good set. We'll get that poll on the, the social media in just a moment. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Now, after a few trips north in recent weeks, I think Alfie would be quite relieved to uh, hear that it's a relatively short trip to East London this weekend for Millwall. To help us preview that game, I'm pleased to say that we're joined by Mickey from the That Millwall podcast. Cheers for coming on, Mickey. How are you? All right? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Unless, unless you're relaying back to... 1885 time. We've uh, we've not been East London since 1910, fella. We're South East London. Proud of it. My, my apologies. <laughs> like, my apologies. Uh, it would be a bit like me saying you were further along the coast, which I wouldn't say and insult you, and you wouldn't be too happy. 
So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll leave that one alone, shall we? All right, well, let's go on to the game, shall we? Because it's been, um, I mean, it was a frustrating one at the weekend, wasn't it? Was it a 92nd minute equaliser um, yeah. for Watford? I mean, that, yeah. that's that's we've scored a few last minute equalisers and we've conceded a few. So that must have been pretty tough to take. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was, it was quite weird because obviously... Millwall being Millwall, the charm went out. You know, you must be, you must be, uh, I don't know if I can swear on it, but you must be crap, shall we say. We're beating you away from home. And, you know, you're getting beat by Millwall. And you just know as soon as that charm comes out that it's not going to end well. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it gets a free header, gets on. And, yeah, it, it's it turns into a two-all draw when I think probably Adam Barrett wanted a win so that he could, give himself a bit of a good standing for the uh, the manager's job. But, yeah, it's uh, it's a draw. We seem to be draw specialists at the moment. We seem to go out not to not to lose and try and keep ourselves uh, in the game. But, yes, we need to be a bit more attacking. You watch, we'll play you and probably beat your hands down. But, yeah. Do you think they stick with the, the caretaker manager? Um, I mean, it, it's been... Were they right to change? Did you need a change? Because uh, Robert had been there... Was it four years it was knocking on for? And... Yeah, he's uh, it'd been there four years. I mean, look, you can't take anything away from Rara. I mean, Rara was great for us. He's He stabilised the ship. We become a, a championship stability. We, we were now within the championship. We're never in relegation. So we're always, what, 10th, 12th or above. Um, but we just couldn't make that final step. And he tried an untold amount of times. And I think, to be fair, what sort of killed him was Blackball, um, Blackburn last year, where we were winning 3-0 at half-time. The players come out and we we just lost. We lost four. I think we lost 4-3 in the end. Um, and Blackball, Blackburn hadn't scored in, well, you know, so many games, let alone four goals in a game. And we just... It's as if someone walked round at half-time and offered the players underground each just not to turn up afterwards or someone someone took them down to Toby Carvery do you know what I mean it was just it was a completely <laughs> different team would come out half time and you would just everyone was ecstatic you know we're beating 3-0 we're in the playoffs we're going to get we're, we, you know it's in our destiny we could well do it and then literally it was as if another team walked out second half we were just shocking and yeah that, that was the the writing on the wall was from that game to be fair and it was sort of it wasn't it, it wasn't if, it was more, when is he going to go? And yeah, he, he's gone. But it's boring. His football was boring. I mean, you've probably had it at your place. It was as if he was playing not to lose rather than to win a game. So it wasn't about drawing or winning. It was always about not losing. So it was always doing stuff with the pretense of if we get a chance, we can score a goal and nick it. But I don't want them coming anywhere near us. And I think that's why we were predominantly playing with about five because he was just scared. And how's the squad looking at the moment? I mean, have you got the, the players there? Is it just a case of the, the caretaker manager having to get the best out of them? Are you, are you confident with the squad that you've got? I mean, on paper, we've got a great team. It depends what team you're looking at. Are you looking at a team who's injured and sitting on the sidelines or are you talking about a team that's playing? It, we've got, on paper, we've got a great team. You know, Casper um, Denora is, you know, the Belgian lad. Phenomenal. Harding is, again, you know, a cracking player. Fleming... Is a cracking player waiting to come on again. You know, Cornuffy, I'm called Cuffy, is um, the Arsenal loanee. He was at Coventry last year who played in the playoffs. Again, he is on his own. He's coming in. It's just playing the players in the right positions. Now, Saturday, we had um, Savile back in the team and he, he can just make changes. You need him because he can, he's just got that competitive edge on him and kicks the other players into gear. So, yes. Yeah, 
it's it's what's needed, but it, it's how well they play on the day, and that's the that's the problem. Is there a few more that we can expect back for the weekend? Anybody else coming back in? What sort of game are we? I don't expecting? think I don't think we've got I don't think we've got any more coming in. I mean, we've got Joe Bryan's off now with a groin, and, and I don't think Hutchinson and the like will be back. I don't think there's any really outstanding what's coming back before now and Saturday. Um, a few what were injured but are slowly coming some in yesterday like Nesbitt and that so yeah you could be you could be in a bit of trouble on Saturday we might have a, at least a couple of strikers handy but yeah it's going to be a big game on Saturday not just on the pitch but we we're probably one of the best teams will celebrate our armed forces so you're coming along to do the um, yep. Remembrance Day which obviously I organise all the soldiers and stuff like that so it's um it's a very emotional day if you've not seen it before. And it's, you know, we have a lot of soldiers there, a lot of armed personnel. So Navy, soldiers, etc. They um, collect the poppies and then they do something around the pitch and take reefs on. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a good day. I mean, if there's any, any of your listeners, I don't know when it's going out, but if there's, you know, anyone who's serving who's a Southampton fan who wants to get in, as long as you get to me by, you know, probably Wednesday or so, mate, give me a shout. And if you're happy to turn up in uniform and help out and stuff, I'll get you on the picture with the guys. So it's not a problem. We can get you collecting in. All right. And- well, we can certainly share those details. Um, Glenn, there's not been many games over the years, but there there's been a few goals um, when we played them before. So, I mean, obviously we're talking a good few years ago now, but what were you expecting for the weekend? Uh, I, I don't really know. I mean, it's it, Mickey's covered sort of what I was going to talk about really was that Mill will seem to draw a lot of games. And I did wonder if that was down to the... Um, down to the manager or the personnel, and he's kind of answered that one. You know, we'll we'll go into the game full of confidence. Um, Mill will have obviously got this uncertainty with not having a manager at the moment. Do you, do you think, Mickey, there'll be a an appointment this week, or is that likely to drag on longer? I don't think there will. I mean, people have been saying that there is, but reading behind the lines, it looks as if we've possibly only spoken to two, maybe three managers only on first interview. I don't think the second interviews have taken place yet. And because of that, I don't think there's a decision yet. I think we'll probably go to international break. And then during the international break, we might make an announcement. It probably doesn't happen. It doesn't help that um, QPR is looking now. And obviously, there's rumour about Norwich as well. So, you know, potentially, we're going to have to act fast if we want the people who we want, just in case someone else snaps them up. Yeah. What sort of manager would you be anticipating that they go for? And would that be the same as you'd go for personally yourself? I mean, personally, I'd love to see Muscat, but he's unproven in the championship. He is a Millwall, what we would class as a Millwall-type player, and I think he'd put the Millwall back into Millwall. You know, as much as a lot of the managers, you know, Harris got got who we are. The problem we had under Rowett was that we could have a full stadium and he wouldn't know how to use that to his advantage. If you speak to Neil Harris about full stadiums and go back to when we played um, Huddersfield in the playoff, you could smell the fear. You could smell the violence in the air, even though there wasn't any, but you could smell it. Do you know what I mean? You've probably been to big games with rivals and stuff where you can smell that atmosphere. Yeah. And the trouble is with Rowett, he can smell it, but he used a bit of Febreze instead and just sort of got rid of it. He just killed it. <laughs> you, know, he come, you know, the atmosphere's there. The, the whistle blows, the first 10 minutes, the atmosphere is building. And then where you want a player to go for another player to really get the crowd on, we just, you know, do nothing. And then the atmosphere dies and you, you ain't getting it back. 
you definitely ain't going to get it back when the team scores two or three goals against you, are you? So it's sort of head down and, and it just destroys it. But that's, you know, we've had the biggest crowds over the last season and this season, yet he done nothing with it. So we need someone who can get the crowd on board. Hopefully it won't be um, Michael Bill because I just, uh, I, I don't think he's what we want. Um I, w- I, would, I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him, that guy. No, no. Your word's not right. What would you think of Nathan it's, Jones, Mickey? Nathan Jones, you see, Nathan Jones is a good one because he works on a similar budget and he likes the young kids, but allegedly he's supposed to be an absolute nightmare to deal with. So I don't know if the board would be too keen on that because they mm. probably want someone they could fairly, you know, fairly control. Um, or mm. being Millwall, the problem is, is that the media is on you constantly. So the last thing I can see them wanting to do is have a, a manager who's yeah. just drawing media attention week in, week out. So I think it will probably yeah. be a conservative manager. I'd love to see, you know, Warner. Warner would be a, you know, have a go. I think he, he understands who we are over the times we're playing us. And, you know, he knows what we are, what we expect. And it'd be a good one, but I don't think we'd get him. I think QPR would get him. I'd just like to see Mill. So, I mean, I don't know. Muscat would be a dream if you couldn't get him. Nathan Jones would probably be okay. Newstead could be okay. It's just, it, it, to be honest, mate, it doesn't matter who we say. The board will have who they want to put in place. And, yeah, and he'll be, as, absolutely. And he'll be, as always, he'll be the fan base. Do you know what I mean? We're doing what we want to do and sod us. You know, we're just... We've gone from being football fans to um, punters now, and it's all about how much money we're going to spend on a day now than anything else. So, don't get me started on that one. Steve, what are your thoughts on on this one for the weekend? Because uh, I mean, you must have been to a few Saints Millwall games over the years. I, rem- I remember yeah. what was it? The Championship, wasn't it? The last time we played, I guess. Yeah, last one. There was um, a League Cup last, game too, wasn't there? We, yeah, we played them in the League Cup shortly after we signed um, twenty fourteen or something. Was it? Well, it was the it, yeah, it was straight after we'd had that summer summer where we'd sold forty seven players and signed <laughs> forty seven to replace them. You still beat us three 0 though, didn't you? I th- two, I think. Yeah. Uh, Graziano Pella got his first goal for us right at the very end of that game. But yeah, we were yeah. I mean, I I was always enjoyed games at the den because you've got london bridge short hop away for for drinks loads of great pubs there and yeah just lo- just loads loads of options for a good day out and i mean people people kind of pontificate over sort of how oh go to Millwall is isn't it isn't it unsafe no of course it's not safest it's ground in the safest city away, safest away ground in the country you go to because you you don't get near a home fan all afternoon it's ridiculous no you've got a walkway you've got a walkway that takes you straight from the station and the thing is now for you lot since the last time you've come you've now got a bar right outside the away stand entrance so you can literally oh, okay. you can congregate outside Perfect. your way end and and keep drinking and now that we're with shepherd shepherd neem or wherever you've got decent beer rather than um old crappy Carlsberg stuff. <laughs> get a yeah, proper right. pint. That's what we want. Yeah, you can get, um, you can get um, London Pride there now as well. If you, if you like um, Alfie, your thoughts on this one? I th- you kind of think with the atmosphere, it could be a bit charged and, and we're going to have to start this one well. Start on the front foot. We, yeah, we don't definitely. want to be having a, a wobble after the break either. Well, there'll we, be really? one wobble, won't there? I mean, we're guaranteed <laughs> at, at least one point. wobble at this point, but it's how they respond to it. You know, I think, to be fair, I'm looking forward to going to Denver for the first time massively. I've got a friend who's a Millwall fan and he's got amazing things to say. And I, he was actually at that Blackburn game, Mickey was, and uh, he told me all about it. Absolute disaster. But the last time Russell Mine actually had a week to work with his squad was before the Leeds game. 
and that went pretty well. The first 45 minutes were brilliant. His second half was obviously hanging on a little bit, but that was the last time he actually had a week to work with them. I know he had the international break in between now and then, um, but obviously we know that loads of players go away. So I'm intrigued to see what they come up with, whether he... You know, like I say, whether he sticks with what we saw on Saturday, whether he comes up with something a little bit creative like we saw against Leeds, I'm not too sure. Um, but maybe I would keep it simple and stick to what we know. Um, but yeah, I think it would be a good opportunity to really go on a run now. And like I say, if Mickey says about drawing games, to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if they, they drew, but I'm pretty confident they can go on a good run. Um, Mickey, we always finish with a, a score prediction. Um, we always get them wrong, so, um, so you know, it doesn't really matter. How do you see this one playing out? What, if I was to ask you for a score prediction, what do you I, reckon? I'm, I'm probably going to go. I'm going to go Millwall two-one, and the only reason I go for probably two-one is is because you're relatively new into the championship. I would say that it's your players are are Premiership you know, precious boys who I think will find playing at the den very close to a, a bald-headed 50-year-old man who's <laughs> going to tell them exactly, or, or even, you know, a seven-year-old woman who's going to tell them in no uncertainties what sort of person they are <laughs> will, um, will intimidate them to another level, potentially. I don't know how they found it throughout the season. But uh, Millwall, the pitch is deceiving. It's bigger than they think. And also the uh, the throw-ins are very, very close to the, the flower. I mean, you know, the fans could quite happily tap them on the, on the back, which would be interesting. I mean, I remember when Ben Chigwell come a few years back in the FA Cup and he got that concerned that he refused to take throw-ins anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he denies all knowledge of it, but we, we saw him that night where he was telling people, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. Um, so yeah, I, I will go two-one purely because whenever we're the underdogs, we we normally pull something out of the bag, and because of the day, because it's at home, because it's got um, the Remembrance Day, um, which is all special. Hopefully, that will give the players enough of the kick to go on and do something about it. But, you know, knowing Millwall at the moment, mate, you'll probably stuff a six or seven nil. Uh, Steve, score prediction from you. I'm just going to go around the screen. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, as we've as we've kind of discussed at, at length, we we now seem to have worked out what we're doing. And I think the only thing that can go, that can kind of knock us off course at the, at, at the current moment is something off field, which may well be, yeah, tight, intimate atmosphere at the den. Mm. If a few players don't fancy it, then that's that's a potential issue. But you'd like to think professional footballers these days can block the vast majority of that stuff out. <laughs> um, you'd like to think so, at least. But we'll see. I mean, I, I think we should have enough quality. Whether that comes to pass, I mean, you, I could always see Bartos Bielkowski having an absolute stormer against us. But <laughs> I love you. I, I think we'll. I think we'll, I think we'll. I think we'll nick it. Uh, go for it. I mean, let's be honest. No clean sheet once again. No. So um, two-one win. Okay. Uh, Glenn? Uh, similar to what Steve said, as usual. Um, yeah. There's a lot of factors at play with this. Um, yes, the ground, as Mickey's just said, the, the Remembrance Day stuff, the, the emotion that will be around that. The, the fact that Millwall still haven't got a manager, Adam Barrett, he's he probably knows he's got maybe two games. I mean, and this will be a big opportunity for him if he gets, you know, we are seen as one of the bigger scalps this year. So if he gets a win in this game, it, he'll see this as a you know, a, a good opportunity to put his mm. case forward, whether he's got a chance or not, he'll certainly see it that way. So I think this is probably going to be um, 
going to be a very tough one. Um, you know, I talk, talked about the games we had in the the frozen wastelands of the north, where obviously we're going to be uh, we're going to be down south for this one. But um, I, I still think a tough game. I'll go for a one-all draw. Okay, Alfie. Yeah, I think there are players in the same squad that will have played at the Den and will have sort of played in that atmosphere. You know, I think James Bree, um, Adam Armstrong, Taylor Howard, Bellis, Flynn Downs, to name sort of four or five of them. So, I think they, they there will be elements they can handle that. Um, but I mean, I've seen also, I think it's, was it Leeds and Swansea who stuffed Millwall at home, is it Mickey? So I think it's 3 0 both those games. So I think there's the potential for that to happen. I don't think that will happen. Um, yeah, I'll go for a 2 1 win. Okay. Saints. If we beat you, can I come back on next week and just rub it in the face? Of course, you are more than welcome to come. I, I get the impression we could talk all night. We could do like an hour just chatting well, to you. We, so, we, um... we do a live show tonight at nine. So if any of you want to come on, mate, and talk about it, come on, come on, not a problem. Well, Anyone can listen and listen to us talking about um, how bad we did at the weekend. So you can get some more tips. Just one final question for you, Mickey. Um, Flynn Downs, obviously, being a West Ham player, mm. is that going to go down well the weekend? Oh, he get dog good. So I, I just realised that. <laughs> I just realised that we are live, live here. Um, so I don't, don't want to get penalised by YouTube, but um, I would say that he will get some um, rather pleasant abuse no doubt so yeah and also if you're fans <laughs> sure just just something for your fans don't sing we we're, we're blowing bubbles because we don't care we just think it's stupid but for some reason away teams <laughs> away teams this season keep singing it and it is if we're offended we're not but it's just we just think that you're pathetic but it's up to you <laughs> Yeah, football fans as a collective don't tend to have the brightest of minds, do they? So, I mean, let, let's be honest, it will happen. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Will happen. But no, all I say is listen, the way we do it, Millwall, just briefly before going, the way we do it, Millwall, is that we do last post and then the whistle blows. So, we'll have last post, the mini silence, and then basically the ref blows, and then that's the start of the game. But it, it, you'll, you'll get the information, um, how it works, and everything else. And obviously, each year we try and beat the previous records and normally on on uh, poppy day we raise best part of 20 grand or thereabouts and over um, awesome. so any of your guys make sure you bring loads of change uh, we will be mugging you before you leave uh, and, <laughs> and, and it is by force the way we do it but enjoy and we, will, we will share those details as well we'll share those details <laughs> like we said so um i hope all that goes well um enjoy the game and if it's right with you we'll get you on again later in the season we'll not, catch problem. Up then. not a problem i tell you it'll be good to catch up with you before um we come to your place because that'll be the um anniversary of when we played june 76 when eight of our fans died on the way to a game so it'd be good to maybe just highlight that for some of the the fans who don't know. So yeah, it'd be great to do that. Well, absolutely do that. Mickey, all the best with it. No and uh, good luck with the podcast tonight. Take care. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, mate. Speak to you later. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There's one more thing I just wanted to touch on before we finish um, tonight. Alfie, the night at uh, St. Mary's uh, this week, the great escape evening. I just wanted to find out how that was because obviously Marion Pahars was, was back at St. Mary's uh, on Saturday and, and it looked like a, a good fun evening and, and hopefully they can do more stuff like that. Yeah, it was fun and they are planning on doing more stuff like that. So they're going to do a number of class of evenings, but what I thought was absolutely brilliant about it was people, like say your age, loads of grown men with businesses or you know, with, with their wives, whatever, and they're all absolutely starstruck at Marion Pahars being back at St Mary's. And you know, I learned so much about Marion in this week as well, because um, you know, also we all know about the scissors of the world and whatnot. But I learned a lot about Marion and his just absolutely vital goals, obviously against Everton the last day of the season and then for the next few years as well. Um, so what a legend to come back! And obviously he donated his medal that he was given for scoring the first goal at St Mary's 
back to St. Mary's. So that's somewhere in the stadium now to view. I'm not sure exactly where. Um, but then I spoke to him as well on Friday, um, at length for an interview feature that will hopefully be coming next week. Um, but yeah, he's a, a brilliant character. It was a good night. Dave, who runs the hospitality, um, or who does the hosting rather, is absolutely brilliant. So if anybody's mm. you know, interested in that kind of thing, it's 100% worth a go. The Halo Lounge is fantastic. He got a really good reaction as well on, on Saturday. If you missed it, there's a little video on our, our Instagram, so you can uh, you can go and check that out at any time you like. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Uh, that's it for this week's episode. Don't forget you can follow Total Saints Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. It's at Total Saints Pod. We're also on Instagram and Threads. It's at Total Saints Podcast if you're on there. And you'll know that if you're watching this podcast on Sunday evening, we live stream TSP every week to our Facebook, our Twitter, our Twitch, and our YouTube. We do enjoy hearing from you during the week as well. You can drop us a DM on any of the socials or you can email us via the website and as I mentioned at the start we're also on Patreon that's where you can support the podcast with your monthly contribution it's patreon.com forward slash total saints podcast you can find out about the four tiers on there that range from five pounds to 20 pounds per month each of those tiers comes with different perks there's the weekly shout outs of course to the patrons in the Francis Benali and the Mick Shannon tiers so thanks to Dave Melton Mark Atkins Andy Hollis Matt Hall Anthony Thompson Saints in Exile Gavin Ford James Harron Nicky Nicholson Southampton NY and Drew Dyer who are all in our Francis Benali tier and also to Colt Baker Dave Ernsberger Ed Busy Nick Higston Phil Cook Matt Rose and Nick Reed, who are in the Mick Shannon tier thank you Steve thank you Glenn thank you to Alfie cheers for watching thank you for listening and we'll see you again next week away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.